Hi everyone, it's your host Richard and you're listening to AWA. Today I'm very happy to be joined by my good friend Rostip Rai, an Asian working as a consulting director for a social impact consultancy. Hi Rostip, thank you for joining me today. Hi Richard, excited to be here um, and thanks, thanks for having me. Um, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. How have you been? Not too bad, not too bad. Um, All indoors, I think, like many of us. So Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, Rostip, I honestly have to start by saying how immensely proud I am of your journey so far. I mean, you really do embody the the immigrant dream. I mean, it was only 10 years ago that you came to the UK with your mom. And then, obviously, you've hustled hard through school, university and landed yourself a great career working at London Business School as an engagement manager and now you're working as a consultant director and on top of that you're a homeowner too so a huge congratulations to you I know you've worked hard and that you know you obviously deserve all of this so again congratulations on all like all the things that you've achieved uh, thank you so much that's that's very kind of you um, and it's just a nice reminder of, of the journey absolutely um, no I'm I'm happy happy. nice but yeah so can we start from obviously the moment you came to the UK you know um how how did you feel when you like when you knew you were coming here and what was running through your head when you knew that you'd be coming here for good Uh (laughs) uh-huh oh gosh this takes me as you said it's been just over 10 years so it takes me all the way back um um, so I, you know, uh, I don't know if the listeners know, but I'm I'm, I'm Nepali mm-hmm. uh, or Nepalese, if, if uh, for those who like to say mm-hmm. prefer that. Um, so yeah, I came here ten years ago, and it was very much uh, the, the immigrant dream, um, you know, uh, mm-hmm. if I may say so. Um, and it really has been, uh, you know, quite the journey. I, I mean, I in short, I, I do think it's been a combination of you know both um, hard work and also luck. You know, I. I feel like I met, I came to the UK at the age of 17. Yeah. Um, I got to meet the right people at the right time, you know, including you guys too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think um, I think that really shaped up my experience throughout. But at the same time, um, I, yeah, I hustled and I, I worked hard. And yeah. I think um, those two combined, I think uh, it's, it's brought, uh, it's taken me where I am today. And I'm in, I've still got a long way to go before I sleep. But uh, I think, yeah, definitely the combination of hard work and luck. Yeah, but I mean, I love the fact that you say luck, but with luck, I've also heard that, you know, what luck is, is to do with the combination of preparation and opportunity. And obviously, you know, you need that opportunity, which you got, but you also need to be prepared. And I think that's what you were, you know, you were prepared, you had, um, like you said, you'd worked hard for it. So in a way, it's not just luck, but it's also the effort that you've put in. So yeah, well done. I mean, you, <laughs> um, from like my own experience uh, with the school and the education system, because personally, I also moved uh, from, you know, India uh, to the UK, and I found it quite different from the system that we had back in India. So how was like the school experience for you? And how did you manage to adapt so quickly to the education here? Uh-huh. Uh, 
I think that this is a great question. Um, I, I would be lying, lying if I said I adapted quickly. Right. Um, um, I remember, the, you know, the, the first time when I came here, I, I started my A-levels and I remember um, trying to join a school, the only school I applied for actually, foolishly, or I don't know what it was. Um, and then I remember talking to the head teacher, um, having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with my very poor English uh, that I had back then. Um, so, you know, I think, yeah, I think it goes um, back to, again, like, um, it was challenging. I think the language uh, barrier, you know, yeah. I was still quite new to it um, mm -hmm. uh, in the sense that although we did learn English in, in theory and, and, and books, you know, back in Nepal, you wouldn't necessarily apply that, you know, with your friends and, and vocalize it, you know, in, in your everyday. Um, and obviously English is not your, uh, you know, day-to-day -day language. language in yeah, Nepal, yeah. Right? So I think that was a challenge that um, I faced uh, one, when I came here. But um, I, I suppose being in the school with, with the people and, and just being in that environment where mm -hmm. you're forced to talk and, and and also being, for example, being being in lessons, you know, where yeah. where you where you're taught in in that environment. So, I think that really yeah. helped. Um, and I, I think, and then since um, kind of moving on from education, and then uh, being in profession has also definitely helped strengthen yeah. my my challenge uh, yeah. in terms of the barrier. I think that was the main one for me. Yeah. And then from moving on from school, obviously in the UK, you know, we have to apply for university when we're still quite young. And like, did you know what you wanted to be when you were around the time that you had to apply for university? What A-level subjects did you take? Um, and did you know that that's what you wanted to pursue in university? Um, so... I wanted to do uh, and study, uh, you know, a science-based um, course at, at university. So, um, you know, when I was doing A-levels, I naturally chose all sciences and maths, uh, foolishly as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I did physics, chemistry, biology, and maths. Um, and yeah, I think wow. reflecting back, I would probably have uh, chosen a, a, a non-science, uh, you know. Right. Uh, I would have probably, yeah, selected a different module, but... But anyways, um, coming to your um, point, I would say, yeah, so being uh, around friends who were also, who had been studying here in the UK, and, and they, yeah. I felt like they knew more about what to pursue at university level in terms of, you know, a degree. Mm -hmm. So biomedical science, um, I, I, you know, you may laugh about it, but I think that was very much uh, the degree that was uh, well known. Yeah, um, I mean, I can relate because I did the same degree. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right in the sense that most of us did do biomed and that taking the whole science subjects was pretty much like the thing amongst Asian friends or Nepali community here, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. So for me, because I had, um, you know, I, I wanted to do a science-based degree, um, you know, that was, I was either going to be biomedical science or medicine and medicine was not a, even an option for me, uh, way too challenging. So mm. I opted for biomedical science, but I think, uh, when I look back, um, applying to university from a perspective of someone who's just moved to the UK and, and was doing A-levels, I think that was also another challenge that I actually faced, you mm -hmm. know, um, um, for those in the UK, you will know that um, the tuition fees work differently. You know, there's two streams. Right. So you become a home student or a an international student. Yeah. So 
right? So for to become a home student, you have to be in the UK for at least three years, um, and obviously have to have an indefinite leave, or or mm-hmm. or just have to be a naturally a British citizen. So I was in the formal category, so I did A levels for two years, and then I had to wait for the third year to become a home student. Um, but even the whole application process was very. Um, it was very foggy at that time mm. because I wasn't sure what the whole application UCAS process was and what sort of qualification they would want, you know, the universities that I, I was applying for. So it was very rigorous. And, mm. uh, but at the same time, I felt like I was stabbing in the dark uh, in quite a lot of areas. But, yeah. um, but, Thank yeah. you for sharing that because obviously, you know, me having the privilege of not having to think about that, you know, I think there are other people maybe in the same situation as you when it came to... The fact that, you know, you didn't always have the British citizen or whatnot to go straight into university and that, you know, but the fact that it's, yeah, it, it can be quite scary not knowing how to kind of take on that process, especially when you're new to everything and, you know, you're new to the culture of the country and then take on the new education system. But, you know, you've managed it so well. Um, so I really respect that. Um, and also not just that, but you you were, you know, when you went to university, you were thriving in the sense that you were not only doing your course, but you were involved in all the different societies. Um, so I know you were very involved in the Nepali society and you also, you know, take took part in lots of different roles. So, you know, can you kind of, share with the listeners um, what roles you were in, uh, involved in and how that has helped you with what you want to do now or what, sure, you, what yeah. you are doing now yeah absolutely yes um, so um, I suppose I've always been naturally a social butterfly so when I was at university uh, I just really wanted to meet new people and of course society you know joining a society is a great medium for that um, so to society that was a very kind of um, played an important role actually during my time at university. One was obviously the University of uh, Nepalese Society, um, mm-hmm. and then the second was um, a um, a blood cancer uh, based charity called Anthony Nolan right. um, that works for people who who uh, are suffering from blood cancer. So those two were the societies, um, and of course uh, Nepal Society. Um, it was great fun. Um, it was yeah, it was super fun. Got to meet so many people. Also, you know, co-founded Ken, uh, which stands for Ken Enlightening Nepal. Mm-hmm. I won't go into much detail, but you know, I think being involved in in those societies, um, and we can talk about maybe perhaps uh, how that links with my current role. You know, uh, mm-hmm. with one of the societies, which is the uh, Anthony Nolan, but the branch or student societies uh, go by Marrow. Right. Um, so yeah, being part of the Marrow group really helped me actually. Um, carve out my you know carve uh, the way uh, to where I am professionally mm. so um, both societies played a, a, a great role you know uh, during my time and, and up uh, to date yeah so. so I would definitely I suppose encourage like anyone who is going to university or is in university to kind of look beyond just doing your course and you know take part get involved um and because I think sometimes you never know it might just lead you to the path that you want to follow Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I'm I'm a huge, um, yeah, uh, advocate for joining society. It doesn't have to be multiple societies, even just one. Mm. Um, you never know, you know, where that leads uh, you to. So definitely. That's so true. Yeah. So then, obviously, once you graduated, where did you start working, and what did you do? Sure. Um, 
I think before I jump right into like you know my first job after mm-hmm. graduation, um, I will take a step back and and connect the dots back to the Marrow um, yeah. Society that I mentioned. So I was that's essentially the you know with the fundraising role, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, driven by um, uh, a group of students, you know, to to. Um, I guess it's a purpose-driven society, so that was always what I wanted to do. And of course, uh, I can also relate to you where I did not find biomedical science uh, as a long-term, you know, uh, career goal. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I knew by the end of second year, Mm. so I then had to think about what what is it that I want to do, right? So I really enjoyed fundraising. I really enjoyed building a meaningful relationship with people, so... Uh, I suppose it kind of, I started actively looking for, you know, how to get there. Yeah. So I did actually, I did do an internship uh, in, in my own university after second year. I did a summer internship um, and, and it's still related to fundraising, but in the angle of uh, higher education rather than like a, like a charity. Um, so right. that, that actually having done that internship, um, you know, and, and having that uh, skill and, and having that on my CV helped me get where I am, which is now me working as an engagement manager for another university, uh, London Business School. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was my first job. I've been in the job for um, since 2017. Right. Um, and, and I've, yeah, I've climbed the ladder. Uh, nice. So what did you do as an engagement manager? What was your role like? Sure, I'm happy to expand on that. Um, um, so engagement manager, so this um, title actually does not reflect on, um, it, it differs from university, universities and centers, right. right? But I think the main central point is that I work in fundraising. Um, and what that means uh, is, uh, you know, I help the university raise transformational funds uh, that goes to supporting scholarships, you know, for example. Uh, and then mm-hmm. that's for you know, academically talented students, but aren't necessarily able to um, pay the fees, you know. Right. Uh, and, you know, back in the days, I used to hear about this, like scholarships, you know, it's it's, it's not a rare word. Uh, yeah. I've heard about it. But yeah, I never knew where that came from and, and how that really worked. Um, so I'd like to say that, you know, me and my team at London Business School, we, we help make that uh, Right. Happen. Um, nice. Um, yeah, so essentially, I hope that gives you an understanding. But it goes beyond just scholarships. It also helps. We also help uh, raise money to support like research, um, capital projects, so you know, building expansion or like classroom or or just investing in like mm-hmm. um, teaching facilities. So yeah, uh, in a nutshell, yeah, that's that's what I do. So um, have you had the opportunity to see something like from um, the start to finish? And you know, what was that like? Like... Ah, that's a really good question. <laughs> um, yes. So, um, in terms of scholarship, um, you know, um, we. So, what we're doing is, um, I think it's, this is also very topical. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an ongoing right now, actually. So, uh, we are raising um, money to support uh, Black uh, students right. for London Business School. Um, you know, interestingly, this wasn't. Um, this wasn't in place before, but that's something we're working on. So right. hopefully um, the plan is that um, in the next academic year, so we start in September 2021, mm-hmm. um, that's when we um, you know, have the new cohort of students uh, who are the recipients of those uh, these scholarships. 
uh, will be joining uh, the university. So we have a handful of students. So um, yeah, it's it's kind of ongoing, but at the same time, it's happening uh, nice. in, in the upcoming months. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, obviously, did you at this point, or even prior to landing this job, or even now, do you know? Have you had someone to kind of help guide you throughout your career? Um, or is there anyone that you've been looking up to during this time to help you? Yes, um, I'm so jealous, actually, that um, all the listeners who are getting to, you know, uh, uh, join the podcast. Uh, I mean, we didn't have this back in the day. Right. Uh, I makes me sound old when I say back in the day. But, uh, <laughs> we are old. <laughs> true, very true. I'll be starting a new decade very soon. Um, but um, no, no is the answer, if I'm honest. Mm. Um I, yeah, even between, you know, me getting that in summer internship after my second year and, and actually getting a job um, after my university, I explored so many other sectors, you know, not just fundraising and philanthropy. It was beyond that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, no, there wasn't anyone. Um, also because I think the sectors that I was looking um, into, um, yeah, some of them were just never heard of yeah yeah um so i guess that also kind of played a role um you know sadly that i I didn't have anyone Mm. especially uh, an asian you know Mm -hmm. uh, professional uh, to look up to so uh, i would say no is the answer right but um yeah yeah um but i yeah and i think like you know for me when i did start this podcast i did say for me representation matters and being able to see someone um you know of the same race as you it kind of really gives you that extra push and the mentality to be like oh like you know i can be that too and what do you think about that i mean do you think like it it, it would have helped you even more absolutely um doing a let you know just going back to uh, let's say four years ago mm-hmm. um if i had you know if i was able to connect to any asian working in, in a similar sector or or just even not knowing that sector but just in terms of uh mentoring and, and just giving guidance in terms mm-hmm. of making that transition from university to, to profession i think that would have been incredibly invaluable right so mm-hmm. But, you know, regardless, um, it is so actually energizing to see, you know, um, Asians coming at, um, and sharing their stories via your podcast. So that's that's great itself. But um, but yeah, I yeah. think um, um, I think that wasn't the case. Yeah, I think especially these days, you know, we have so many different um, Asians and so many different careers and it's great to listen to all their stories. So then moving on, obviously, I also know that you're a board member for the staff committee and uh, what does that mean? Um, you know, what role do you have um, as a board member? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So this is very voluntary based, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's um, it is at LBS, so London Business School. Um, and really it is what it is, is you represent your department uh, at a, a company level. Um, and you get to uh, raise important and crucial topics and, and really, you know, help navigate that change and bring that change actually, you know, uh, in the company. So, right. so so that role allowed me to be a rep for my team, um, bring all any kind of issues um, and discuss that with um, um management board i think mm. that's also another great thing about it and so essentially it helps me it definitely has helped me um sort of 
polish that leadership skills, yeah. you know, because you're meeting with all of these senior people, right? Yeah. Uh, but also really allows you to uh, get firsthand information on any topical issues. For example, mm-hmm. we are driving uh, um, a lot of discussions around, obviously, um, you know, racial inequality, the Black Lives Movement, yeah. but also beyond that. So like, but also beyond that, supporting uh, colleagues from the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. uh, parents and carers group, you know, mm-hmm. um, all sorts of things, um, you name it. So that's essentially in a nutshell what the role entails, being a you know board member of, of the staff committee. Um, and it's really enjoying, um, you know, it, it's really fun. You get to meet um, people who you don't normally work with mm-hmm. uh, in your day-to-day job. So um, it's another element of um, social, um, you know, yeah Um, i love that i love that you know it's the voluntary voluntary role that you're doing to bring about change and that's great and what i also respect about you is um your keenness to continue developing personally and professionally i mean i know you're doing you know you're pursuing masters in health data analytics alongside your work right so can you tell us more about that i mean is it related or helpful in line with the role you currently do Uh uh-huh uh, yes. Uh, so yeah, uh, I am doing my master's part-time. Uh, I initially started uh, with an ambition to complete it in two years. So I would have finished it this year, but mm. oh my gosh, I'd be lying if I said um, it, it, you know, uh, I'm able to balance everything out. So mm. uh, I'll be doing my dissertation next year. So I'll be finishing over three years. Um, and it is in health data analytics. Um, so, you know, I think um, one thing you, I certainly have realized that, you know, work, you have to work throughout your whole life um, yeah. and you need to find your passion, right? Definitely. Um, as cliche as it sounds. Um, and whilst I have developed and enjoyed, you know, my role, current role, mm-hmm. I, I think my long-term passion is in health. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's always been the central, po- central point um, and, and my real purpose. So uh, through this master's degree, I do want to go back in health. Um, and, you know, and connect that hopefully with consulting, um, which is also what I'm doing, as you mentioned previously, uh, with my role as the consulting director, yeah. um, is working with social impact driven, um, you know, social enterprises and NGOs. Um, so yeah, uh, um, so yeah, my long-term goal is to transition back into health, health, uh, healthcare, but with more of a consulting angle. Nice. I mean, I was going to say, obviously, you know, I'm so like amazed by how you're juggling everything. I feel like you're doing 10 million things and you're like succeeding in it all. And also you have your personal life, like you're buying a home on the side and that's another like time and investment, you know. So, yeah, it's amazing that you're able to fit everything. Um, I do want to point out that generally, you know, when we look at people's posts, we kind of only tend to see the highlights, right? Like generally people, I think this is, we're all guilty of it and we only tend to naturally post the best parts of our life but for you personally you know have you had moments of struggle figuring figuring out life as you've kind of lived through them through them and how do you manage like bad days say at work or when something doesn't go right um how do you overcome those moments yeah uh, i think this is such an important question especially uh, in my own personal context as well you know i, I like i said i'd be lying if i said i have it all balanced, you know, with my master's and my full-time job and, and the, the consulting uh, role as well. Um, I think what helps me is uh, seeing the end goal because, you know, I know what I'm working towards mm. and, and all the time and commitment that I'm putting towards, I know 
that um, you know it will be fruitful, and I'm and I'm making sure that it will be as well, right? So, mm. but again, there are days and times when um, I'm not a fan of the situation I am in, juggling all this. You know, mm. I would love to be, uh, you know, not doing this. So I think whilst I'm enjoying the process, and whilst you know uh, at times it is hard, I think the one thing I would like to just be honest to the listeners is like you know i i think that we need to be careful about fantasizing hard work and long hours you yeah know? you don't need to i think it's fine to just chill and and just you know devote time to doing your hobbies too right absolutely um, and i think sometimes you get um so overshadowed by looking at people i don't know for example on social media and as such mm-hmm. um like who are working all the time and I, I'm, I'm in that loophole too but I just want to you know share that it it's not the only thing yeah it, and it's not the right only right thing either you know yeah um yeah thanks for sharing that I mean yeah I think I tend to fall into that trap as well where I'm scrolling and I'm just like oh my god you know you look at their highlights like wow there's nothing wrong in their life but actually we just need to take a step back sometimes and I think like you said also having that long-term plan does help but also remembering that you know it's fine to chill out you don't have to be like rolling out (laughs) productiveness every hour of the day every second of the day so yeah yeah Yep. And I think quick one thing is if you are paying for your master's yourself, I think that also helps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, your hard, uh, uh, you know, earned money is going towards that. And, uh-huh. and when that happens and when you see that, you know, transaction, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that motivates you as well. Definitely. Absolutely. When it's your own money. Oh, honey, you got to uh, you got to get yeah. every bit of that work in yeah. for sure. <laughs> I like yeah. that. Um, so. Another thing that I want to obviously ask you for is, you know, what advice would you give someone um, who's listening right now and, um, you know, who has a similar journey to yours um, and wants to kind of follow in a similar direction? What advice would you give them? Uh-huh. Um, in, I think I would say definitely, definitely get a mentor if you can. Mm. Um, you know, we live in this era where it's so easy to access people, you know, for example, via LinkedIn, right? Yeah. So many professionals out there. For example, if you're a university student, you can, you know, search up someone who has studied at, at university at the same university as well. So definitely get a mentor. And I've, I've had this experience, you know, and, and it, it doesn't have to be a long-term mentoring relationship. It could just be a few calls, you know, just to get advice from someone. Um, so I definitely do invest and in, uh, on on building that relationship and connecting with someone who could really provide you guidance. You know, mm-hmm. um, in the same vein, I'm happy to uh, you know anyone who's interested in, in connecting with me. I'm happy to share you know uh, any helpful advice if if that's helpful. But I think uh, the second uh, you know answer I would say is like you have to realize like when you come out of university like. Um, in so many ways, your education is actually just beginning. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think that certainly has been the case in my side. And I think the profession uh, that you're in certainly helps you shape that kind of learning, or at least you need to do that by your profession. So um, in that sense, you've got an academic foundation, mm-hmm. but but what you learn in your 20s, I think is so life-changing, as cliche as it sounds. Um, so, you know... Uh, so make sure you understand like what you do today will will affect your you three years down the line or, or mm. ten years from now on. So, you know, life is long and, and you should take time developing yourself, you know. Yeah. Um, take time to carve your skills and, and and you know, I think we all want to progress quickly, but 
but try to do that in private and and, and yeah focus on yourself i think mm. yeah that that's the advice i would uh, yeah give. now you've put that beautifully and I, I don't think i could have said it any better um just to touch on the point about networking i think you're brilliant at networking and you're super confident at approaching people and I know like personally for me when before you know I've had um, I think I would be a bit intimidated to begin with and I feel like maybe some listeners feel the same about approaching people Um, how would you kind of um, overcome that fear of like reaching out to someone and how have you done it Um, sure so I suppose there's I mean various ways you can do it right Um, and and do it in the way you feel comfortable. Mm. Um, but I suppose, so let's say LinkedIn, um, you know, research about the person, you know, for mm. example, let's say you've, you've connected with that person on LinkedIn. Um, you've, um, you know, asked for, I don't know, 10 minutes of their time for right. a call. Right. Um, make sure you research them and make sure um, your objectives are clear. Like, what mm. do you want to get out of that call? You know, mm. um, don't be plain and simple and just be like, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? You know, just be be natural and 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 do show interest as to what they've achieved as well. Yeah. I think slowly, then um, you know, uh, diving into mm-hmm. what they can help you with. I yeah. think that's uh, that's definitely uh, one key area that one can focus. Um, but yeah, research researching yeah. the person that you're connecting with. I think plays a, a great role in terms of preparing yourself and not being nervous. Um, that's yeah. That, yeah, that's great points. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so then. A question for you who would you say is your role model um, or who did you get support from and who kind of do you lean to when you need someone ah this question (laughs) (laughs) um i like i said i'm so lucky in the sense that i have incredible support system and that includes my friends but my role model has um always been my mom um i think and and this goes back to my first point about you know how i made that transition from nepal to the uk 10 years ago right Mm. i think um coming from a humble background and having um you know seen and experienced the journey she's been the hardship she's been i think yeah that has always always been my um driving factor right um so i always look up to her and i i you know i um she i think she embodies um you know compassion mm. dedication hard work and i i think um i i you know i i, I wouldn't say every day but uh, I, aspire <laughs> to, I aspire to have that you know yeah in in the works that i do and and yeah that's wonderful that's very sweet and yeah i like the whole um, aspect of kind of her experience that you've kind of observed and that being a factor for you to push through in life and become the best version of you so yeah and I think we've kind of come full circle with that you know um, and you've left such a positive um, message in, in telling your story and what you've accomplished uh, with everything so far and I feel like you've got so much more to give with everything that you're doing so thank you so much uh, for talking to me Rostip about you know everything that you've experienced so far in your education your career and life in general as well and I think it's so nice for you to kind of be here and like let other people feel like they can connect with you especially on LinkedIn as well if they need any help and I think that's great and I think it's really nice to be able to give back as well to the community I think um, especially you know when you you yourself didn't have that support when you were younger I think it's like nice to be able to offer offer that to someone else so again thank you so much for talking about your journey and being here and talking to me on this episode it's been amazing having you here thank you Richard it's been an absolute pleasure and 
big congrats again on on your incredible uh, you know journey with with this podcast and oh, i look forward to many more of these okay thank you thank you